Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build products and recover from burnout. I'm Brian. And I'm Benedict. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we figure things out. Today is February 9th, and I'm feeling optimistic. This is episode number 77, and I am feeling encouraged. Wow, this is like the double. A double. A double plus. <laughs> yes, it's happening. That's a rare one in, in the last <laughs> no. couple of episodes. <laughs> no. I know. Oh, man. How's, uh, how's everything going from last week with all the... All those different seems like you were just spinning a, a bunch of plates. Yeah, last week was intense. Um, but I think we got it under control mostly. Um, and it that's what leaves me optimistic. It's like I have a nice. there's a chance that I actually get some feature work done this week. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm carefully optimistic. Um yeah, so cool. F- what we about figured you? out a way, we figured out a way to break the like the the connection between Heroku and your bed, which is awesome. Yes, yes. Great. We disconnected that that <laughs> thing. Yeah. For now, at least. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm doing doing really good over here as well. Um we uh what's what's funny is I mean, while we were recording this last week, I got a message uh you know, once we once we got done recording a hopped over to board game geek. Um, and I had a message from somebody in Bonn, Germany, uh, Ben, who wanted to, um, who wanted to sign up for a play test. So, nice. uh, that was, that was really fun. We were supposed, we were actually supposed to play on uh, Sunday. Um, but his, his, he, he messaged me on Saturday that something was up with his internet. So we've rescheduled to Thursday morning. Um, but la- I mean, last week, I think, uh, between Graham and I, we did like four different play play tests. Um, and on Saturday we had a four player game for the first time and it went great. Like everybody had a really good time. We, we had, we got plenty of notes, plenty of things that we needed to tweak. Um, but it was really, it was really encouraging. And really, yeah, fine. that sounds Sounds yeah. like uh, it's working <laughs> in a way. Yeah, it, it really it really does. Like it works. It works as a game. It is a it's a sometimes glitchy and sometimes frustrating game, but for the most part, yeah, this this totally works as a game. This this will work. We just gotta you know keep ironing out all the ironing out all the tweaks and or yeah the rough spots and we're getting there. Did you make any any tweaks yet? Uh, did you adjust things? Yeah, we, um, you know, some like micro things where like, oh, okay, yeah, that wording on that card is um, the card effect. That's confusing. So we need to tweak that. Sometimes it's modifying the effect itself. Like that's that shouldn't take away three hearts. That should take away two. So those little micro things. But the big, like the big change that we made was um you know the initial concept was there's one lost hiker and so it's a co-op game cooperative game so if you have three players there will be one lost hiker and two search and rescue if you have a five player game there's one lost hiker and four search and rescue and then we just had this brainstorm last week where we were like why um there could be multiple lost hikers and the you know as the game progresses the search and rescue team finds a hiker and then they become part of the rescue team um Hmm. and so we were like oh yeah that's that just like gut gut reaction that just felt fun and so that's how we had them play the game on saturday was uh 
two two lost hikers, two search and rescue team, and everybody loved it. At the end of the game, when it was like, "Hey, would you want to play again?" Everybody said yes. And which role would you want to play? And everybody said their exact same role. Like they would want to be that that uh, role again to so that they could try to do better. So all good signs. Um, so going, yeah, it's going real. It's going really good. Super fun. Just just want to keep playing it with people. Um, and so I, I have a, I have a, I have a confession to make, um, (laughs) which is that the response from board game geek, uh, has not been, has, has not been as good as I expect in terms of people, uh, signing up. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I had to make, I posted something to Facebook. I used Facebook and and I'm, I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel really bad about it. Um, (laughs) But no, no, for real. There's this Colorado board game uh, Facebook group um, that I've just kind of like been lurking in for a while. And so, well, like yesterday morning, I just made a quick little post, shorter, maybe almost even identical to the one I made on Board Game Geek. And by last night, I had five different gaming groups who were like, hey, we play games once a you know once a week. We would love to play. Like, hey, we, we we're going to play on Saturday. Can we play your game? So I hate to admit it, but Facebook really, Facebook really came through. (laughs) Sometimes it works. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that'll, that'll be fun. That'll be like another four or five multiplayer game uh, playthroughs, which, which is really, really helpful at this point. We've played it two players a ton. Um, We need a, we need a bunch of four and five player. Are you joining those, uh, those playthroughs? Yeah. Yep. So the, at least the first, at least this round of them, Mm -hmm. you know, either Graham or I, or both of us, you know, will be on that, uh, you know, on those playthroughs. And then, you know, if they enjoy it is when it would be amazing to say, Hey, next time, you know, you guys get together to play. If you would play, if you feel like playing this game, do so and just record a screencast of it and send it to us. So that's like, kind of next round after you know after this i feel like this push of play tests the next thing is then like fully blind here here are the rules here's the game get your game group together how does how does it go and it'll it'll fall apart in ways that it's not falling apart right now because graham mm-hmm. or i can be like oh actually what that means is you know blah blah so yeah yeah trying to get, try get as much of those out of the way as we can that's pretty cool. That's that's encouraging. I mean, it seems like it's it's working, and uh, you're yeah. only fixing like small things. That's awesome. Yeah, there's yep, all sorts of small things too. To Do you have a, a gut feeling on why the feedback on uh, board game geeks uh, geeks wasn't that like S- small, tiny, tiny fish in a giant pond? Like the mm-hmm. the, the you know the the forum where you post, you know, your work in progress or your, you know, request for play testers. It's just like a, to- a torrent of posts yeah. and which I, you know, didn't only realized afterwards like, Oh, geez. Yeah. You kind of need to post like, you know, an update per day to keep yourself towards the, towards the top. Mm-hmm. And then of course it's just, you know, the rich get richer. Once a post gets some traction, you know, then those like five or six just stay up there. So we were just fighting against that. Um, so that's, 
that that's what's going on there. Yeah, so okay. ended up just not being quite as helpful as I hoped it would be. Um, but you know, yeah. So it's the usual problem of like too much, like the the marketplace marketplace is already crowded. And then <laughs> yes, you, yes. You're yeah, in exactly. there as the new one. Nobody knows you. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> right. Exactly. With all those other games. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, let's see what, what else? So the, yeah, I guess the, the other thing that we have to, um, start that we're at least starting to think about now that the, the big, you know, mechanics in the game are mostly in place. Um, and there's all sorts of little things that we can keep messing around with, but now we just have to kind of, we can start to think about getting some, uh, some quotes on pricing. Um, mm -hmm. so that, you know, down the road, whichever route we decide to go, um, we'll have some sense of, uh, of, of the cost of the game. And when, when, one example being like, um, you know, the way that you track hearts and water right now would require us to have, I think something like, you know, 120 little wooden cubes that could be pretty expensive. Is there a way that we can like redesign, you know, the, the layout and redesign the components so that that only needs 10 and you do it on a piece of cardboard instead. So just little things like that where it's like, you know, what what will make the game easier to use but also feel high quality. Um, I love it when games feel like, um, you know, easy to use, like go back in the box beautifully, perfectly. Uh, just, you know, that that part of the experience, that, that part of it should be well designed as well. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of wanting to get a sense for... <laughs> What what does the what does the cost of the of the thing even come in at? Yeah, one thing that yeah, now that you mentioned it, one thing that can be frustrating about board games is like when you put it back into the box and you're not quite sure where everything yeah. is supposed to go yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I man, I feel like the truly the worst game uh, at this of any game I've ever played is Settlers of Catan, which is like the the godfather of modern classic like tabletop games and it's so terrible to get back in the box the best one is wingspan by the way wingspan has a little diagram printed on the side of the box and it's nice <laughs> oh it's flawless it's wonderful um everybody if if you're at all interested in games you should buy a copy of wingspan it's the it's the most beautiful game anyway so yes i, I completely agree with you um like so frustrating when when things don't go back in. So I we we want to be you know thinking through and designing that part of the experience as well. But anyway, um, yeah, all good, all good things. Um, we are we're zeroing in on a on a uh, a fifth wheel uh, at the trailer that we're you know hopefully gonna hopefully gonna buy um, for the year on the road. Um, that thing might be showing up in our. <laughs> on our driveway here in the next several weeks. Uh, nice. so yeah, that's, it's coming. That part of it's coming together too. Um, bit Bitcoin went crazy for the last, you know, month and a half. And I was like, well, let's, <laughs> let's take some, let's take a little bit of that risk off the table. So pull, pull a little bit out of there to, to throw towards the, the adventure here. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, just and just let the rest ride while Elon Musk buys a billion dollars of it and pushes it upwards. So. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, I still don't get it. I, look, I don't, I don't get it either. I, I don't, 
I, I understand theoretically like what the use cases could be, but will they prove to be true? I don't know. It's just that like two years ago, I thought the same thing. I was like, here, here's, you know, some, some just threw some money into it and let it sit there for a couple of years. And now it's, yeah. now it's worth a whole, whole lot more than it was when I put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. So pulled some money off the table and we'll see how, we'll see how much longer Patrick McKenzie proves to be wrong about this. Until <laughs> he's probably right. Um, but I'll, I'll try to get a, I'll try to get a camper out of it in the mid meantime, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good idea. The thing I can't get my head around is just like the energy consumption of the entire thing. Yeah. Like, right. That almost makes it, well, almost that for me right now makes it a no go. Like from the start, like I don't, I don't There's want no to way it can sustain itself. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I would want to be part of it because it feels like insanely stupid. <laughs> like we're trying to, 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 to save the climate and whatnot. And then, we're also doing this. <laughs> yeah. Which feels like uh, this doesn't align. This is not a good idea. <laughs> mm, got it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah I, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, but then stuff like, yeah, stuff like this happens and the price goes up. And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Back when so, I first heard about Bitcoin in yeah, 2011 or so. I should probably have bought like, some. <laughs> yeah, it's like 114 dollars, or or even yeah. mine some back then. I mean, you could you could you still could reasonably mine it. Yeah, I yeah. guess I think the reason that I feel like I mean it, it's it's pure it's pure speculation right now. Yeah. Um, what I and I guess what I appreciate it about it and like about it is that there just aren't very many opportunities in the market for you know, non-millionaires and non-accredited investors to be able to participate in something speculative. Mm -hmm. um, and no doubt it's got its downsides. Like you, you point out the biggest one, like energy consumption. Is, is it even sustainable? Let alone long-term, is it sustainable midterm? Who knows? But if, you know, if the speculation proves out, then there will be a mass of resources with an incentive to figure out that part of the problem. Yeah. And we can't imagine what it might be right now, but there there could be something there, you know. Yeah. So that's that's how I look. We'll at see. It. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. What's 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 happening? What's happening with you? Yeah, not a lot. Um, to be honest, uh, spent like most of last week, the first two days, just fighting fires and and putting out fires and uh, getting getting the deadlock removed. It. I mean, who knows? But it it hasn't happened since, so maybe maybe I fixed it. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, spent the rest of the week um, just getting rid of our action cable part of of uh, user list. So we used um, Rails uh, kind of built-in yeah. WebSocket library to run our in-app messaging, and I had a feeling that it's well. I'm not a big fan of Action Cable from the start. Like even when I started using it, I there were some parts that didn't feel right. Mm. And looking at our Heroku metrics, like the day we enabled that feature, like our memory consumptions just skyrocketed. Interesting. And over the last like last week, it became clear that just like the connection handling of those um, 
those in-app messages or like the, basically the, the open connection to the server is just like eating up resources on the server and we have to add more dynos on heroku just to keep the thing up and running mm-hmm. and um add add those two together i just wasn't happy with with the solution anymore yeah. <clears throat> and um how, how I, long is was action action cable rails five or four uh, I probably raised five, yeah. Okay, but not not six for sure. Like it's been around no, for at least a major version, and it's, it's been it's been around for a, quite a while. Okay, um, but it doesn't feel like it has improved a lot since I was then. Asking like how yeah how new is it? And there are like there are solutions that there's like any cable, which is like a um, <clears throat> action cable compatible. Um, reimplementation of the thing in in like in Go in an Elixir that mm-hmm. talk back to your race application. And I considered that for a while, but getting that set up on Heroku is kind of awkward because they use a uh, gRPC connection to your Rails app to like forward those like actions into into Rails. Yep. And that yep. doesn't work on Heroku out of the box. So you have like, have to have like a super strange add s- setup that, yeah. it, I mean, it kind of works, but it felt like not a, not, not a good solution. Yeah. So I decided to switch all of our infrastructure around like in-app messages to Ably, which are basically just a yeah, real-time messaging platform of sorts. And um A A B L Y. A B L Y. Yeah. Okay. A B L Y dot I O. Okay, cool. How's and how's that going? Yeah, that's that's going well, it was easy to integrate, relatively easy okay. to integrate. Um we are just sending HTTP requests to their service, and they basically forward whatever we sent in there to connect that uh, to connect the clients using their their WebSocket library. And um, we even like f- for like uh, client side tracking stuff, we basically use the same WebSocket connection to Ably. The browser sends like tracking data in there, and then they package it up in like. Um, big webhook uh, requests to our server that mm-hmm. just like group a bunch of messages together and then we can process them in one batch. So um, like all the real-time stuff isn't in our application anymore. It's just like talking via HTTP to, to Ably and uh, getting those uh, stuff back in, in batch requests and that well, memory isn't an issue on, on, on yeah, anymore. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So previously we were basically maxing out whatever like whatever dino size we're using over a short period of time it would always max it out and start swapping yeah. and now we can we can basically fit the entire application into the smallest dino wow. uh, it sometimes will swap but like for the most part it will just run fine yeah and yeah i mean that that's pretty big that's pretty big and um I think, like, of course, like, Ably is, like, another cost uh, that we have, like, another expense that we have to pay. But I think, overall, the math works out that it's not more expensive than what we had before. But it's on, like, the Heroku part is faster now because it doesn't do a lot of swapping and it doesn't have, like, this additional responsibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Ably part is not more expensive than what we had in additional dynos. So so, Right. It's the cost of... A dino yeah. or less. Yeah. 
So, I mean, even if we pay the same amount of money every month for like two services now, it's still it's still a better setup because it's like faster and more reliable. And yeah. even I mean, even if Ably costs twice as much, like you're saving yourself, you're yeah. saving yourself that time and yeah. the likelihood that it's only going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> best, best case scenario, you would continue to never get to sleep. So uh, this is this is better. This is an improvement. <laughs> yeah, this is an improvement. Um, that's that's true. Yeah, and there's still one more issue. Like sometimes we get spikes in, in high response times. I haven't quite figured out why. Mm-hmm. My current suspicion is that... Um, we're still a little bit under-provisioned in terms of dynos or like the combination of like processes per dyno and threads per process and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we get like spikes and it just basically consumes all available threads and then stuff waits longer than it should should wait. <clears throat> but I'm I'm hoping to yeah, well dial that in over the next couple of days, like get a play around with some numbers and see what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, hopefully the, uh, it's smooth sailing after that. So <laughs> I have high hopes that I get some some feature work done this week because um, last week was basically just yeah, yeah that stuff. And I ended up have to admit I ended up rewriting our entire client side part of the in-app messaging just. It was a mess, <laughs> and it was easier to just rip everything apart and take assemble and completely. It. Yeah, so you and it and it's done. You truly, you completely rewrote it and deployed it to production. Yeah, it's wow. It, yeah, it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't. It's not that big. Like it's not. Okay. It wasn't super elaborate, but I like a year ago something like that when we when we first built this. I I thought I was clever by j- just like splitting stuff into like different npm packages and like reusing stuff and making it work well together but the downside of that was that whenever i made a change i had to touch like five different uh, yeah. places and libraries and then deploy them in the correct order and it was a nightmare so i decided to just like get well it's still out there and it's still but like our part of the application the, the client side code that that shows the messages isn't using any of that anymore. I just like re-implemented all of that in one application. Yes. And it's so yeah. much nice. So much cleaner and so much easier to work with. Um, yeah. And now it's just one re- one oh, deploy man. instead of three or five. <laughs> with all sorts of dependencies. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, it was worth doing the rewrite um, just because of that. Because previously I, I, I dreaded going into the code and mm-hmm. making a change because it was just I mean that's a that's yeah. a huge that's always a huge flag. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I, I definitely outsmarted yeah. myself there. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what are the what are some of the uh, the the features that you would like to work on this week if you if the uh, <clears throat> maintenance stuff does prove to, to hold up? Yeah, so the thing I want to work on this week uh, is um, get our feet wet with identity resolution. Um, and I probably have to back uh, back out, out of this a little bit and uh, like uh, explain what I'm meaning by this. But right now we have like uh, the user records in there, and they mm-hmm. have one identifier, and that's a required field. And yep. until now, it was like 
it's usually like the primary key in your application's database, something yeah. that you can reliably identify a user with. But with the new marketing stuff, that doesn't work anymore. So uh, we have like marketing subscribers, which don't have an ID in your database because they're not customers yet. Mm -hmm. And so they're probably signing up by their, just their email address, oh, something yes. like that, or some other thing we don't know yet. And the other part of place into this is we want to build more integrations and like your user ID might not be like your unique user ID from your database table might not be available in all the integrations you want to add. Yep. So now we need the system to identify the same user based on multiple IDs, like your user ID in your database, their email address, their Stripe customer ID, yeah. whatever. And uh, yeah. now we need to figure out a way, uh, basically implement a way to yeah, map all those all those identifiers to the same user in, inside of user list without mm -hmm. making it like making it super complicated. And that's the part I wanna I wanna get right uh, because it feels like a core the, this is the core problem of the integrations and the core problem one of the core problems for for um, the marketing stuff that mm -hmm. kind of has to be in how, place for this to work. How do, I mean what? How does that work? Like you, you have a completely separate table that assigns like a globally unique ID that can look up multiple different columns, and you can just add columns over time. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to look like. Um, right now, we have just a users table and an identifier yeah. column on there, and I think we we'll probably just keep that for now. But we'll add a right. new aliases or identities or whatever table that just has like. Um, ID in the user's column, name of the service, and identifier in that particular service. Yeah. And then have some smart logic that, like, when the data comes in first, figures yeah. out, like, is this already in there? Can yeah, right. I, like, pull some information and map maybe, let's say it's just the first time we hear about a new Stripe customer. Maybe there's an email address on that and try to look up the user from the email address and then make that connection. Yeah. Uh, something like that, and um, yeah, that that's the thing I wanna wanna at least start to figure cool. out this week, and probably not going to deploy anything. But uh, I feel like if we solve this problem, it's the yeah, get the roughs in place. Yeah, it's it's a good first step because yeah. then we can get rid of the requirement to always have an identifier, and that allows ba that basically allows people to start using it for marketing. Because yes, yeah. That's the, the big limitation other than um, uh, double opt-ins uh, that's currently stopping people from from using this as marketing tool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But but so if 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 you solve that, if you solve that hurdle, then most of the other things that people would need to use it as a marketing tool are already in place. You just kind of need to repurpose them to be like marketing facing or are there a few things around list management or something that you that you feel like you need to to do before you truly launch yeah it? like the only other thing that we definitely need is like the the development stuff for the marketing so um because i mean at least in europe you need to have double opt-in yeah. you can't yeah. just sign up uh, everyone yeah. for um for your mailing list without them confirming it so that's the part we need to build and then some sort of forms thingy where you can embed forms on your website. 
Um, but we're probably skipping that for now and just have like an HTTP endpoint. You can write up your custom form code yeah. and then just post the data there. Um, yeah, so those okay. are the two big things. Um, it sounds like it's not a lot of work, but uh, I'm sure I will be <laughs> working on this for a while. <laughs> it, it, it at least feels like you can you can see the end of the you know, yeah the at least i can see this yeah yeah there's a path at least i mean i'm not sure if i can see the end but at least i have a direction to go into okay. <laughs> and um yeah of all of those things the identity resolution thing feels like the biggest and most challenging problem uh, so i'm tackling this one first mm -hmm. smart that's smart yeah yeah we we'll see how it that's goes exciting. <laughs> that's really exciting can't wait to see it. Yeah. I, I wish it would be done already. <laughs> oh, the perpetual the perpetual state. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um I that's all I've got. Do you want to uh do you have anything else there? No, that's that's it. Uh not much else cool. happened. Yeah. Well let's let's mention uh SAS Summit one more time. That's the eleventh and twelfth, right? Yes, yes, and I learned today that unlike other summits uh, where you basically the speakers hand in their pre-recorded video and you can just like watch it, those will actually be live live events. Right. So uh, Jane will be live streaming her talk. Uh, cool. I didn't know that, but that makes it so much more exciting. <laughs> I totally agree. It brings back that like, yeah, that, that sense of immediacy. Like this is really happening somewhere else. It's like. It's just not the same to watch a recorded uh, the the Super Bowl or the World Series recorded. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to know it's happening. It's it's happening right now. So yeah, and awesome. I'm not sure like how, it, how if they have like some audience participation or even like a hallway th track thingy going on. That would be kind of cool. Um, but I don't know. Uh, maybe they do. <laughs> we see. Cool. Well, February 11th and 12th, sassummit.user.com. Jane Portman uh, will be speaking. That's all you need to know. And there are all these other. <laughs> yeah, the great well names. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Good catching up. Yep. Talk to you next week. Bye. All right, later.